mortgages can be a dry subject. So here's your oasis in the desert. It's the podcast that will get you talking and thinking, or more likely drinking. The Lennon to his McCartney, the Bird to his Ernie. It's the one and only Mortgage Stew and his sidekick Martin at the LM Experience. Hi there, welcome to the LM Experience. Today is episode 45. Hi Martin. Hello Stu, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Not too bad. Let's crack on, let's not hang around. We've got an industry legend today, That's Stu. An industry, a, a proper industry legend. Her words, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's We've true. got Jen Noakes, Associate Director, Intra-Private Finance. Hello Jen. Hello. How are, are you? you? I'm alright, thank you. It's, yeah. a, it's taken us a year to get Jen on. I asked her about a year ago and she was yeah. way too important to come too on. Too busy, you see? Yeah. yeah. And now we're the important ones and, and she's ringing me up saying, can I come on? This is so true. So how, how the mighty fall? Anyway, how are you, Jen? <laughs> yeah, I'm busy. You're busy? Busy. Good. Right, well, we'll get on to that. We've got yeah. loads to talk about because uh, we've had loads of chats on Twitter over the years about num- numerous have. things, haven't we? And there's plenty <laughs> to talk about in the industry right now. But as we always do, Jen, let's start with a CV. How did you get into the industry? What is your backstory? Oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> okay, well, it's now my 14th year. Right. Okay. So I've been breaking since I was 10. <laughs> Um, Clearly. I um, didn't know what I wanted to do when I left school. I did uh, my A-levels, was supposed to go to university, took a year out, ended up not going to university. Yeah. Um, ended up working in shoe sales, which, good... believe it or not, was an amazing foundation was on it? sales skills. Yes. Face-to-face Deal selling skills. Yeah. Because it's the same time. principle applies. Yeah, it doesn't really it's matter what you're selling, amazing. whether yeah. it's uh, some clogs or a, or a five-year yeah. fixed rate. Yeah, it's, it's, stuff, it's true. It? it really is true. Um, and from there, I went into insurance yeah. sales, um, which was uh, travel insurance. Mm-hmm. And then one day, I was sitting looking around at jobs, and I saw a job advertised for a mortgage broker at a company called John Charcoal, mm-hmm. yeah. um, who everybody knows. Yeah. And I asked my dad, and I said, "What do you think?" And he said, "Yep, go for it." Um, and they took me on as a trainee in 2006. Right. Did my CMAP there, and I was with them all the way through to 2000. 2018. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good training ground. How many Amazing. people have come yeah. on and started Amazing. off either in Alexander Hall or John Charcoal? Yeah, that's right. John Charcoal was not an easy firm to get into either. No. No, and I was, um, I did diff- different roles there. So I was an employed broker, then I was a sales manager. So I managed right. a sales team for three and a half years mm-hmm. then I decided I wanted to go back to broking and they were offering a self-employed partnership role okay. so I went self-employed in 2013 um, and then when I left I went to join um, Prolific Mortgage Finance yeah yeah lovely yeah, yeah, yeah. with Lee and Paul um, under MAB um, was with them for about a year um, and now I'm with Intra, and we are a directly authorised firm. Directly authorised. That's Boolean, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Good. So you said at the very start that you're really busy. Yeah, okay. I w- it was a bit of a shock to the system. Um, <laughs> let's just Christmas, say I was twiddling yeah. my thumbs, you know, yeah. from them calling the election. Yeah, it it put a, it put a stop, didn't it? On well, you know, uh, it was it was earlier. a downward spiral from around about October, yeah. I thought, when when yeah. all we had was was some sort of vote going on in in, in the House of Commons. Exactly, and it was fascinating to watch that and be well, part yeah. of that, but it, it wasn't good for business. <laughs> yeah, I saw this thing we were watching like it used to be like Netflix and chill. Someone tweet <laughs> tweet this Netflix and chill, or BBC News and shit yourself. <laughs> 
<laughs> which is sorry that was my first one right, um, right, but that's but that was it was true wasn't it it was BBC News you know just yeah. watching it like it you know um, so yeah it kind of put the kibosh on because normally I have a busy October and a busy November yeah, yeah. and then sort of you know then you get completions through in December yeah. and blah 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 yeah. so I'm sat there thinking oh my god you know maybe it's time to start looking at <laughs> an, an employed back, role go, or something go back to um, Clark's shoes yeah yeah maybe um, and uh, January just blew up Mm. absolutely blew up my phone just went mental I mean and I mean all types of inquiries I, I think that's the thing isn't it because it, it's almost a case of and I've spotted this over the last sort of four or five years really it's almost a case of when you're pushed to the edge of your tolerance for the job yes and then something out of nowhere comes in which reaffirms why you like doing it that you know that's so true because I was I was really down and mm-hmm. I and I'm I will be very honest and wanted to be honest today about mental health and yeah, yeah. the role that yeah. we do yeah. because it it's can be a brilliant thing because as a self-employed person you can take the time that you need mm, yeah. um, but also it's very anxiety inducing mm, yeah. um, obviously from an income point of view but just the role that we do is anxiety inducing because it means so much to people it's emotionally yeah. driven isn't it, it? It, it, it really really is I, I think as well what you tend to do is that you end up your day-to-day role is all about solving problems for people that's right and in the end you end up putting yourself last yeah that's well, absolutely right you, you solve everyone else's problems and don't address your own well yeah. this is exactly what happened to me well, Let's talk about that, Jane. Because you, you have, <laughs> if you don't mind, uh, because yeah. you have you have mentioned on social media yes. a few things in the past. Yes, and, uh, you can be very critical about social media, but can also be a very supportive. Yes, place, very much can't so. It? And I decided to be open and honest about it, which was a big thing. But um, I was inspired by another broker that I know who who was suffering from the same thing. And it, it's funny how you can go from being a really fully functioning human being to suddenly being scared to go out of the house mm. and see clients, and that's your job. Um, and what happened to me was this started due to a property I was trying to sell in Islington, um, a leasehold property. Um, and I had a freeholder who lived upstairs. Um, and she was, let's just say, I'm going to watch my words here, a very pleasant person, <laughs> yeah. um, and effectively tried everything she could to stop me from selling that flat because mm-hmm. essentially she'd lived in the she'd lived in the property for 40 years. She'd been a protected tenant. She lived upstairs, um, and she was terrified of who was going to move in downstairs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, what she would do is first thing she tried when I got a buyer is she accused me of breaching my lease because I moved. Um, I had a new boiler installed, and they moved one brick from the wall so she made me have a 700 pound building survey done um and various other bits and pieces so my original buyer realized Mm -hmm. you know we've got got problem here her mum was a solicitor so i had the sale agreed at i think it was 455 thousand um anyway next next set of buyers come along I changed agents as well by the way um and she would wait for people to come around and view and she would start quizzing them really yeah god she would wait and and start quizzing them and start telling them you know this is a victorian property um you can't make noise you can't do this i don't want you doing this and there was nothing i could do to stop her Mm -hmm. there was nothing i could do to stop her how long did this go on for this was eight it went on for 18 months um in the end i got an amazing lawyer um and um I sold for a for a low price. Mm-hmm. I sold for a low price Just because I did, yeah. Because you learn very quickly that um, your health is more important yeah, than money. Of course, yeah. Um, and in in a way, I feel a little bit guilty, but that's the way the world works. Well, well, because what? of those these poor first time buyers having oh. to deal with this woman. Right. 
but you know what can you do and eventually 18 months um i was out i sold significantly less i ended up uh spending seven thousand pounds in legal fees yeah. as the leaseholder you have to pay the freeholders mm-hmm. legal fees and what i've learned from that actually is that a lot of brokers need to upskill on mm-hmm. that side of the law mm. in leasehold and yep. freehold and be able to advise clients on that mm. because that now for me is a huge experience well I imagine that's probably part of your presentation now isn't it Absol- yeah, and absolutely personal right. anecdotes are very yeah. I think the trouble is sometimes we tend to kind of brokers gen- just talking generally tend to take a step of right we won't cross over into certain areas that we're not going to advise yeah. on yeah I mean the weird thing is and I always tend to find this sometimes is you get scenarios where Brokers are very careful not to overreach into yep. somebody else's expertise, mm-hmm. but that doesn't happen in the opposite way around. You Absolutely can, you can right. get interference back on your work yeah. from other yeah. people who aren't related or qualified to talk about your stuff. Mm. But it's important, isn't it? I've, I'm really sorry, I, I've got to say that, I mean, this wasn't on the agenda of what I wanted to say, but there's so many bad solicitors out there mm. and, and, and the clients don't get the answers that they need mm. um and is it box box ticking conveyance and do you think it's yeah, just now outside I mean, the box well, well, no i mean care? the first firm i used is a well-known law firm in london right. and they could not solve the problem and made it worse mm-hmm. um so you know i just i just for me now i'm not you know i will always say to them refer to your solicitor but these are the questions you need to ask because estate agents will sell properties as freehold share of freehold and not make anyone aware that there is an underlying lease that you have to comply with yeah you know there's things little things like that so anyway i think i think we underestimate ourselves as brokers because (laughs) we do have the ability to to take one hat off and put another one on yes and we can talk to clients about lots of different things in the whole house buying yeah. process yeah we can yeah uh, and i think generally we do care yes and i when i speak to other professionals like you said i, I just it's a job to them yeah that's what it feels like yeah mm. and you know five o'clock out of office goes <sighs> yeah. on and you never hear from them again till the next day and i think we're you know we're quite happy to email clients you know at midnight if if, if they well, need some help i mean the so, thing is as well you yeah. kind of you get your emails in from clients that when they're free don't you so you mm. get like sunday yeah. night i had one sunday night it was like gone 10 o'clock i had an email from a client with a question yeah yeah. Oh, I didn't respond immediately because I thought. Yeah, well, wait till Monday. Sort of. <laughs> no, but do you know, what I mean, it's one of those scenarios where you can, if you you do go further than a lot of professionals, we do, we do, we go do, we probably do. too far sometimes. I, I think sometimes, yeah, that, and I think that's the backs. danger of of the job is that you get clients who become extremely emotional, and if you're emotional and suffering from problems like yeah. I was, mm. it then absolutely compounds it. And I think that you know, being a self-employed broker. Um, you don't obviously you don't have any well you should have income protection i have income protection but for reasons you yeah. know yeah. that is not covered yeah. um and so you are very vulnerable you're mm-hmm. very very vulnerable because mm-hmm. you do it you do crash everything crashes around you um and clients still expect you to be there propping them up and then and then the pressure just builds and builds and builds mm. so it was a really hard time for me and i'm not afraid to talk about it because i well, want good. We, we had, other we, people to yeah. talk mm. to we talk had rob japon didn't we about a year ago and yeah. Yeah, we had a very a very yeah. open conversation there and i think that it's really important that we, we do that so where are you now jen are we in a good place yes we, i needed to be busy so going yeah. back to the market and, and being busy i like you said i was starting to question after everything that happened last year mm and effectively taking four months off work that's effectively what i did um and then 
coming back to work in October, November and it being quiet, I thought, oh my God, I've really screwed up here. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you think, yeah. oh, is it because I took that time out? Um, but no, January's busy and I'm feeling really good, good. and I'm back out, I'm here, Ex- talking. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Going well, off to see a client in a, after this. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good for you. I good think the thing you. is as well, is something I do hear it sometimes from conveyances sometimes, is that when things go, people go through a quiet spell and you're not working at your normal pace, like your busy pace of work, that's when I think things end up revolving around it becomes even more of a problem. It's what a you self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. You, 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 start, you yeah. start to overthink. Yeah. Um, and we're a very simple species. We like yeah. routine and we yes. like to be active. Correct. And you take two of those things away yeah. and we're in trouble because yeah. we're on our own. Yeah. So anyway, Jen, you look good. You sound good. It's great Thanks. to have you back. Thank you. So what are you seeing in the market? Um, so in terms of... Um, the types of transactions I'm doing, yeah. first-time buyers, hooray, we love. We've we got a lot of house movers yeah. this month. Yeah. Um, and some limited company buy-to-lets. I've yeah. had three. <laughs> um, so, um, but are general, and then remortgaging, the usual Are these all in stuff. London, or are you seeing them around the south-east? Um, right, it's London and the south-east mainly. Yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, it's uh, the, the main... I've had a couple of issues this week. <laughs> well, let's say <laughs> last couple of weeks that you know that I wanted to sort of talk about. Yeah, well, let's talk through them, Jim, because I think we had a quick chat on. on yeah, Twitter well, you've them. probably seen me ranting and raving on Twitter about a cladding problem oh, that I've had. Yeah. Um, and I really want to bring this out because yeah. it's been on the it's been on BBC News this yeah, week. Yeah. Um, I tried to remortgage a client who has a low rise brick built mm-hmm. flat uh, that was built in 2012 in Camden um, it's been remortgaged three or four times no issue there is no cladding on this building and we went to a lender that uses a certain valuer I don't know how many don't know how if we name and shame but we don't from, know we'll praise we won't criticize okay so anyway um this particular valuer um wrote back and gave this property nil value right. um with a standard wording of about cladding mm-hmm. um now we went back and said there's no cladding on the building you need to be more specific where do you think this cladding is mm. so eventually after four days we got a response there might be brick slip cladding <laughs> right okay that's a new one, that's a new one. Yeah. okay so we go back to the developer T- taylor wimpy no it's a hand laid brick building mm-hmm. there is no cladding there is no cladding at all mm-hmm. um so basically um th- the lender won't budge, the valuer won't budge, and so I've had to take the client to a different lender who mm-hmm. uses a different surveyor, and we are through and we are offered um, because the surveyor took the time, I think, to um, do the research. And, and who is, we, we don't mind praising people, so who is, who is the new lender that said yes? TSB. TSB. And, right. and they were absolutely fantastic. We've just, uh, as a DA firm, we've just got our access. Yeah. They offered the mortgage in four days. Yeah, superb. Um, but the client is well, a barrister who has specialist knowledge of construction, so this will not go away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. I've, promised, I've promised her that I will bring this up, and I, yeah. you know... Well, yeah. what is the answer to cladding? I don't know if it's necessarily an issue with you, Stu, um, unless, you, unless you're coming up here poaching our clients in London, but um, it's very it's a London issue. Very much. Or, or a city issue, let's yeah, say, whereby yeah. these yeah. buildings have gone up. And, you know, we've got one at the moment he purchased in 2003. Mm-hmm. And we can't, re- you know, he's coming to the end of his mortgage mm-hmm. term, yeah. 75. Oh, my God. And, and, uh, it, we can't. No one will touch it because yeah. it's cladding. Yeah, and it wasn't an issue in two thousand three. Yeah, but post Grenfell, it obviously exactly right. is an issue. But the trouble is with these sort of things as well. What you get, I think, this goes round in circles, is you get inactivity at government level, which then means that the lenders don't collectively act on anything either. That's it's, right. this is a, it's not a direct comparison, but it's similar. Start a homes initiative. The latest. Buzz one now. Mm. I know it's been renamed to First Home now, but the 30% discount for first-time buyers. 
that one an inquiry of, for that original scheme, um, which was launched with much fanfare in one of the budgets about three or four years ago, and researched it 18 months ago for a client, and there was only one lender at the time yeah. who was actually taking part in the scheme. Yeah. Another inquiry a couple of weeks ago, there's about four or five now that do it, but the majority of them don't touch it because the government aren't behind it fully. Mm. And the trouble is, is that it's the same situation like with the issue with overcladding as well. Yeah. That the lenders probably are thinking, right, we need some leadership on this from the government. The some government direction. Sit, yeah. They're sitting on their hands on various issues that they mm. need to deal with that they're not doing anything with because they've been busy with other things. That's what you right. don't want either, you, the lenders don't want to be the only lender in a particular market. That's right. You yeah. don't want to be the, the go-to lender for yeah. cladding or the go-to lender no, for the start-up that's scheme. Right. You, want, you want competition to yeah. spread the The thing the is, it's, it's the developers, actually. The onus is on the developers because the EWS one form which Barclays has helped develop um, which is an amazing thing mm-hmm. if you can get that for one development just one client in that development gets that signed off mm-hmm. then that will be make it that that development mortgageable got, so your developers yeah. need to move or your freeholders whoever the bu- yeah. building owner is the onus needs to be on them mm. so that's okay. that's what people need yeah. to do so wish list for 2020 Jen have you got one do you know I, knew, I didn't think you were going to ask me this. I mean, obviously, from just from a successful having a successful yeah. year, um, and um, you know, interesting, start to enjoy the job again, get Good. myself out there again, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Fulham being promoted. <laughs> I, do you know what? I don't know because I don't know if I want you lot back in in any way. Well, I have to say, and I'll take full responsibility <laughs> for for you getting relegated. We took four seasons to get Fulham, and I've never seen it was dire. Took, it was a horrible season, wasn't Can it? We not? Apart from no. that game against well, Saints. Well, we're, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, but we're in. Um, well, we're, we're good. You? Good results we're in the playoffs. Are you? Yeah, well, we're good. Good results last night yeah. for us. So if we win against Millwall tonight, we go second. Really? Right. Yeah. You haven't got a stand down there at the moment, have you? Well, we've got. We're missing one stand. Yeah. <laughs> so I've always been not so sure about the Premier League. Me anymore. too. The Championship's great. Championship and League One are far, far better. More fun to watch because it's so much more level. It is. Defeatist. I'm so with you. Yeah. No, I'm so with you. Because Probably. you're in danger of getting relegated, Stu. Yeah, of course. You're talking this your is bottom. a Liverpool fan. If you're a Liverpool yeah. fan, it's completely... Oh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. move on. Yeah. Listen, Jen, it's been a fantastic chat. I can't believe that was 80 minutes of flying oh, by already. Oh, that's gone so fast. Uh, but I you, you, you know the new format now. We've done a bit of football there, but yeah. we're talking about top five albums of uh-huh. all time. You've written yours down. No compilations, no best ofs. No. I'm expecting some left field uh, answers here okay. from you uh, Jen having seen you dancing on a table full of tequila in a nightclub oh. once so <laughs> <laughs> let's find out what you got top five okay so number one is Jeff Buckley Grace oh uh, okay oh, that's um, an interesting one Very which good. was a real game changer for, for me you, yeah, and he yeah. very sadly died after yeah. making that first album yeah he tried um, to swim a river didn't he yeah he, he, he was mm. drinking uh, he was uh, swimming in the Mississippi, yeah. Mississippi River and he drowned yeah. um, but that album is absolutely phenomenal mm-hmm. um and, voice. Yeah. Um, my second one is Oasis, definitely maybe, because yeah. I am an indie kid. Oh, yeah. I was born in 1982, so I was what, a teenage, teenager. Yeah, so yeah. between 12 to 16, I was the indie kid. So my next Are you a, a Liam or a Noel fan? I'm a Liam fan. Yeah. 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 I, I think it's great. <laughs> um, and I saw them live a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, supported by the Verve at Earl's Court. was probably one of the oh, best gigs I've ever yeah. been to. Um, that leads me on to the Charlatans. Yeah. Telling oh, stories. Of course. Yes. Uh, Charlatans probably are my favourite band of You're all time. You're a big fan of them, aren't you? Um, I am a massive fan. Yeah. And I've been very privileged to have met the band. Really? And uh, Tim is very interactive on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and he's been um, really lovely when I've met him as well. Cracking um, hair. Yeah, great hair, yeah. great hair. Did a good set at... Um, uh, was it Isle of Wight? 
No, Glastonbury, wasn't it? Was that this year? Yeah, yes, they did. Yes, they did. Yeah, really, really good. Really, really good. Um, And then moving forward, um, I've gone for Arctic Monkeys AM. Yeah. Because that was a game changer. Was it? That, I think that was a game changer. I thought it was an amazing You're a real uh, proper guitar band girl, I am, until I get to my final pick. Oh, here we go. Go on. Okay. Well, I've I've picked an album by somebody that probably no one will know. So he's a French producer and DJ called Follimore. Correct. So I <laughs> I am a big fan of also Motown and disco and house house music, French house music. Um and what this guy does is he he produces albums that take um old songs and makes them into like sort of more disco more okay, house. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Um and he also plays live and when he plays live he's just incredible. I mean it's <laughs> it, it's it's real great well, digging uh, stuff. Anything that can introduce people to new music is yeah, not a bad please thing. check no. him out because he's absolutely wonderful. Um, so the album is called Ordinary Drugs. So Excellent. I'm not being paid for that promotion. <laughs> <laughs> that advert. Well done, uh, Jen. Brilliant. Now listen, Jen, thanks very much for your no, time. How do people get hold me. of you? You're on Twitter. What's your Twitter I am, handle? Oh, gosh. I've, do you know actually, it? My, 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 the best one to use is Jen the Broker. Jen the that's, Broker. That's the professional that's where we one. Find you. Don't use okay. the other one. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one with all the swearing on, isn't it? Yeah, that's the football one. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, listen, Jen, thanks very Thank much. You. It's really Thank interesting. Thanks yeah. for coming in along. Glad we got you in at long last. Thank you very um, much. Steve, over to you. Yeah, so that's episode 45 of the LM Experience. If you'd like to come on as a guest in the future or you'd like to nominate somebody who would like to take part, it can be mortgage-related, it can be property-related, it can be business-related, it can be related to absolutely anything. Anything you want. Indeed. French house music with a bit of Motown, <laughs> exactly. if, you, if you want. <laughs> but you can get in contact with us through our Twitter feed, which is at the LM Experience, and we will be back with you shortly with more episodes. Brilliant. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe and follow us on Twitter. And remember, there ain't no party like a highly regulated mortgage party, and your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on a mortgage or any other debt secured on it. Mm-hmm.